Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Good morning. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Very good. We're going to be talking about money today. <laughs> We've talked about money a lot, but we talk about the value of money and, uh, and trying to point out that it is the destruction of the value of money that is a principal cause for the many problems that we face. Big government, the whole works. And uh, things have to be made up. And, um, you know, the, the way the system works is uh, with the destruction of money, it's a form of taxation. And we want to talk about taxes today because, you know, liberals uh, are in charge. They have the House and the Senate and the presidency. And uh, they have a lot of influence in the Supreme Court, believe it or not, even with a few Republicans there. But uh, it's a it's a system that uh, doesn't work so well because they never can tax enough to pay all the bills because the people would rebel. And they're in a rebellious mood right now because, uh, you know, prices are high. They don't have much money left. But uh, this is the whole thing. People don't see the inflation as a tax. That that's that's a big one. But today we want to talk a little bit about uh one of the proposals from Biden, and that is, uh, you know, we are short money. We're spending money. We got to win that war. Oh, we're not in that war. We're not part of that war in Ukraine. But obviously we are, and we provide all the weapons and everything that we do there. We participated in the coup over there. So we, we have to we have to pay the bills. And uh, Democrats, uh, they're, you know, they're very consistent. They like uh, they like spending money, big government, and they like taxing people, and they like printing money. Republicans are a little bit more coy about all this, you know. Yes, they like spending, but they're much more discreet about spending because their their campaign speeches are very good, you know. And I think about the campaign speech, uh, even though I didn't uh, remember hearing this, but uh, Roosevelt in '32 ran ran on the gold standard and a balanced budget. So uh, what they say is one thing and what they do is another thing. But Democrats, uh, unfortunately, in the one area that hurts us the most, spending, taxing, and inflating, uh, they're very consistent. They keep doing it. And that's what uh, Biden says. Look, we, we have to do this. We can't let these, con these debt continue. There's an election coming out. We have to change our image. Because some people out there think that we're, we're the big spenders. But we have to change that. So what do we do? There's a group of people out here. Uh, you know, uh, that they can't even blame uh, uh, Putin for, you know, that caused all this trouble. But no, it's the rich. It's the billionaires. So the rich people have to be taxed. So he's, he's saying if you're a rich billionaire, he wants to put on a huge tax. But uh, there are a few shortcomings from this. Sometimes uh, a mere tax uh, on the rich. Uh, and I understand the sentiment because uh, the division of class in the class warfare where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer actually exists and people do have a gripe but but uh, most people don't go and say why uh, they say tax the rich tax the rich so chris uh, i guess you don't have a strong opinion that this is going to work uh i don't think so dr <laughs> paul it's one of those uh feel-good laws that i call you know, where it feels good, you know, it's Caesar is going to decree something and it's going to be for your benefit. 
And we have a lot of these, like uh, a few came to mind, like the minimum wage law, and uh, you see what happens. Now you have kiosks and automation, and the jobs are gone. Uh, the stimulus checks was another feel-good, where they just hand out all this money they don't have, and now we have skyrocketing food prices and fuel prices. So it always backfires. And uh, you know, Dr. Paul and I were talking about this billionaire tax, and we noticed that you have to have a net worth of $100 million. Well, since when is $100 million net worth a billion? What happened to the other $900 million? Uh, perhaps, this is my thinking, is they'll start at $100 million and then maybe go down to 50. 50 uh, million is a billionaire, you know, and that's how they'll ratchet it down, if this ever goes through. Uh, yeah, but you hear the common complaints, the rich don't pay enough, uh, as, you know, that's very subjective, what is enough, what is fair, but you go about this all wrong. The solution is cut our taxes. If we're paying more, cut ours. Don't raise theirs. Nobody should pay more. Everybody should pay less. Government should never take more. Government should always take less. That's the philosophy you should have, not uh, you know, try to, to pin down the rich, because the government is made of rich people that make the laws, and they're sponsored by other richer, richer people and rich corporations, and to think that they're going to loot themselves for you is very naive. That's not how the game works. So the best philosophy on taxes is always cut taxes across the board for everybody. Boy. Chris, that's just great. That, that's not even complex. I bet a lot of people can understand exactly what you said. The trouble is, is they make it complex. Then they get into the subject, and uh, Biden does this, is, uh, well, maybe there aren't enough billionaires out there, and uh, maybe it would be difficult. So we have to you know, have a way of getting some of that money from the common man. Of course, inflation does that because inflation is a tax, and that's very uh, regressive. But that's still not enough. And in this bill, I believe that there's a plan to tax unrealized gains. What in the world does that mean? Who's going to decide that it's going to realize that next year is going to be worth a certain amount? Oh, well, if I bought a stock for $100 and the stock is worth $200, I didn't sell it. I'm just holding it for my kid's education. Oh, we'll have to tax it. And that means you're a very rich person. So the tax can't be 10%. Uh, we're going to tax what you're holding because you're saving exactly opposite what you should do for free market capitalism. What you want is people to save. We, uh, that's where capital comes from. Capital doesn't come from the Federal Reserve. So they have to undermine this. And of course, this fits the scenario that some of these people actually like, they, they like Marxism. And uh, they call it cultural Marxism, but it's cultural and economic Marxism, and it still exists. So they want to say unrealized gain. And I got to thinking about that. Uh, some countries have tried that, the value-added tax and anything perceived to have more wealth. But what, what if they passed the tax and then they gave, they gave us inflation and then you bought a house for 100000 and I used to think, boy, that's a really fancy house, but there's a lot of houses these days that are worth a hundred. Sometimes a house is put up for sale uh, for such and such dollars, and the, the value, by the time they sell it, uh, it, it is pushed up, up by a hundred thousand dollars. But what if the average person, uh, less people now percentage-wise are owning their housing, but a lot of people still do, and they will, and they can. But what, what if inflation says your house is not worth 100 that you paid for? It's worth 200 So obviously, you, you're ripping off the poor. 
So you have to pay tax on this. And you know, that, that uh, you say, oh, that's impossible. They, they're, they're dumb, but they're not that dumb. <laughs> that, that would cause a revolution. Well, that's true too. And that wouldn't be the worst thing that ever happened. We, we do need to <clears throat> revolt against some of the policies we have and in the uh, revolting against and the resistance against the, the COVID lockdown. That that has been beneficial. So if people, if this gets so bad, and right now they are starting to resist, but there's a big vacuum there about the understanding of money. And that's one place where uh, we, we have a problem why we spend so much time on trying to get the people to, to realize what to do. And it's uh, not infrequent that I mentioned, you know, they'll boil it down. The average person right now isn't saying, the Federal Reserve uh, quit printing money and to this Congress quit spending money. We hate deficits because that's a, a big problem with us. What they're they're saying is we're short of money. We're going to the we're going to the grocery store. We don't have enough money to buy our groceries. So it's always a shortage of money, which is the, is the cause. And that means, uh, Chris, we really have a burden, uh, assuming some responsibility to the best of our ability to explain this. So when the reforms come, and they're, they're coming all the time, like billionaire taxes and, uh, and, and this sort of thing, that uh, uh, we, we really have a challenge. And uh, of course, I think we are making some inroads with this, but there's a lot because we're, we're being uh, in, in competition with the major media, all the politicians essentially, and especially our universities and the people who endorse not only socialism and Marxism, uh, the interventionism and the Keynesianism, which is soft and, and fuzzy and it's there to help, help the poor and the sick, and of course, we already mentioned, you know, that uh, they usually become the victims. Yeah, Dr. Paul, and it's um, what's hard to explain or for, hard for people to grasp is the, the constant uh, emotional manipulation. That's what modern day politics and all those people that you named, the universities, the corporations, the media, the politicians, it's all about emotional manipulation and then capitalizing on it with power and money. And by far, the most uh, manipulated emotion is fear. That's the number one. But in this case, this billionaire tax, the emotion that they want to manipulate is envy. You know, we're going to rob the rich guy for you, you know, and that's, you know, they're manipulating you. They're making you think that that's what's ultimately going to happen. And people, they complain about billionaires, but they don't really think about where these billionaires are coming from. Think about these last few years with the lockdowns. I mean, who cleaned up? It was the big retailers while the little guy went, was forced to close by law and, and went out of business. And then the masks. I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but the amount of money that was made on those masks that we found out don't even do very much, if anything, is amazing. And, and then the vaccines is another one. They were, big Pharma was making more money than ever. You know, and now we ditched all that and like flipping a switch, we're back to the military contractors. You know, this is how these billionaires are made with government policies. They scare people, they, they, they foment envy and fear, and then they just clean up. And we saw that Biden wants to the military another $800 billion in one year. And now he's talking about, oh, we're going to tax those billionaires for you. Don't you worry about it. Come on. 
You know, they're not going to do any such thing. They're, they're making billionaires with their policies. So this shows, you know, and this is very hard to break out of, to stop believing all of these people, you know, because many of the people around you believe in them and they'll pressure you to believe it. But it can be done. You can no longer be emotionally manipulated by all of these people if you really don't want to anymore. And Chris, you really hit on an important issue, and that, that is the building up of fear, whether it's galvanizing the American people to desert their instincts about not going overseas and fighting a war. Just think of the 30s, how the big uh, uh, issue then was keep our boys out of going to Europe and to a European war. And, uh, and, and Roosevelt argued that case. Everybody argues that case, uh, but... Uh, you know, just think of it, that was exactly the case on almost all the wars that have, have occurred. Uh, so they have to build up the fear. And uh, it was rampant, uh, this uh, uh, coordinated effort uh, to build up the fear to get uh, the American people to capitulate and think it was a grand idea to go into Afghanistan and Iraq. And, you know, 19 years in Iraq and it's still going, uh, and uh, 20 years in Afghanistan, they say that's over. But no, we still have our eye on some uh, natural resources and precious uh, metals and things like that. So it, it still exists. But I think the fear has to have, <clears throat> have a condition where the prop, uh, propagandists get away with more than they should. And I think that is because they lose uh, an, an interest in, in defining precisely, you know, what, what are the principles that they're aiming for. And uh, the founders uh, took this into consideration because they, they did not want the people to concentrate on democracy where you could vote yourself largesse and you could have a special interest group and they never even used that word. What they, they talked about so were the principles of liberty and the principles of individualism and responsibility, this sort of thing. But uh, in, in doing this, uh, the emphasis has to be on a precise definitions of certain things uh, to, to, know, to know what we should be defending. For instance, uh, the founders understood, and we talk about it all the time, and that is talking about a, a unit of account for money. And uh, the founder says it should be only gold and silver and it should be a weight. And, uh, and that is, is uh, what, what should be done to have sound, sound money. And the definition uh, lasted for a while, but it eroded over the years. It doesn't exist now. It's, uh, it's, it's what it, whatever the government tells you, and it's totally fiat. And there's a few people secretly uh, guided by the deep state uh, to finance all their boondoggles to print the money that they need and, uh, and gouge the middle class, pass on the real payment, loss of liberty and the inflation tax onto the middle class and the poor. And of course, that's what we're facing right now. But you know, there's, there's a um, moral loss uh, and lack of, a, uh, uh, <coughs> of a, a unit of account. What is the unit of account for people in, in government? And I think basically what it is, is that most people uh, have lost the concept and are totally in, interested 
disinterested in uh, the uh, concept of a higher moral law, a, a law that all it supersedes, you know, the various governments and states and what has happened throughout all history. You know, everything from uh, uh, the total dictator, dictators and pharaohs and kings and elected officials and, and, and all these individuals who took control, they, they have to blind themselves and sincerely at times believe that there is no such thing as higher law. Higher law restrains people from doing evil. Uh, so that, that really doesn't exist and, and there's no, no discussion about that. So with this, things get a little bit confusing about the role of, of, of government. And then, then we get to a point, I think symbolically, Chris, one of the things going on today that I think helps make my point about a lack of definition. It confuses people and is used and uh, unfortunately maybe used successfully. And that is we're at a point where somebody may be elected and appointed to the Supreme Court that says, what? Woman? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I have, she, you think I'm a biologist? No, I'm not a biologist. You know what that made me think of? You know, I spent a few years studying that. And, you know, I did learn the difference between a woman and a man. <laughs> and, and, you, and matter of fact, we're so good in OB right now, within a couple months of gestation, we can tell them what... What it, whether it's going to be a man or a woman, you know, uh, but no, in totally denial. Only scientists know that. So, uh, no, and I'm not even sure that allow the scientists. They wouldn't permit the scientists uh, to uh, tell, tell us what natural immunity was. The scientists that were worth their salt, they told us what it was. And here we even captured a speech by, uh, by Fauci years ago. He even knew back then. So he lost control of this definition. What my my guess is he probably also lost the uh, the control and and the thoughts of uh, you know the unit of account for money too because he spent it like crazy and he benefited by it by to the tune of millions of dollars because he got from the drug companies as well as being the highest paid bureaucrat ever in the U.S. government. Very good, Dr. Paul, and I'll finish up. You are 100% correct. Definition is so important because it is a reflection of the truth, and we can't live without the truth. We just won't survive. You know, and when we're talking about this billionaire you know, tax thing, already the definition is messed up. They're talking about people with $100 million. That's not a billionaire. You know, and one thing that we uh, really need to understand with definitions is that all wealth accumulation is not equal. There are, there's productive wealth accumulation and then there's the political wealth accumulation. The productive is when people voluntarily interact with one another. You know, you voluntarily pay for a product or a service and a person because he's satisfying a great want that people have. He makes a lot of money, he or she. Then you have the political. Uh, where you make your living uh, and your money from taxpayer money, from politicians. You go and you lobby the government. You don't worry about consumers. Who cares about consumers? You go to the politician. You want that government contract. And be when you get that contract, you're not paid a market price. You're paid taxpayer money. Who cares about that? You know, so you, your company makes a hammer and you charge the government $1,000, $10,000 per hammer. Because it's, this isn't the market, this is political money. And these people become extremely rich. You know, 
being upset with that is very rational. It's, we're upset with that. We try to talk about cronyism all the time. That's, you know, that's stolen wealth. It's based on theft. That's different than productive wealth, voluntary wealth. You know, so the propaganda, though, is that everybody with a lot of money, you've got to treat them with a lot of suspicion, and you've got to go get that money and tax them. You know, that's wrong. You know, hopefully someday that changes. It will someday, uh, because it's just not true. You know, all wealth accumulation is certainly not equal. Very good, Chris. Thank you. Uh, I want to go ahead and close with uh, dealing with some definitions, because I, I think it's so important that we know why fear occurs and what's happening, what are they rejecting, and what are they promoting. And you know, this has been going on, it's been written about a long time before we got into this current era of runaway inflation and all the nonsense we hear about cultural Marxism. And, and that ha has to do with uh, the, the condition they call relative ethics. And uh, it, it means that they're, they talk about these things but it's relative, they vary it. it, there's no fixed amount. So it, it's a relative thought about the uh, definition of money. Uh, when money was sound, it's very definite, it's not relative. Oh, whatever we want it to be. And uh, that, that's why uh, I, I think it's important whether things are done in a voluntary sense or, or with, with government. But there's not that many people who gravitate to government that you can trust with character uh, control of what, the, what they're doing. But they, they do get, uh, they are able to distinguish about this, but it doesn't serve their interest of gaining power, power and wealth. Now, a lot of times, and uh, I, I, I do this too to make a point, you know, we're dealing with cultural Marxism, we're dealing with fascism, we're dealing with the people who lie about fascism. Sometimes the most, uh, uh, you know, aggressive fascists uh, are the ones accusing the opposition of being the fascists. And sometimes they, uh, the people who, who want to stamp out all forms of racism are, ra are the most racist of themselves. So it's, it's all, all this thing that goes on. And the only thing ultimately that corrects that is having people who understand the issue and have some character left where they, they will deal with this. But I like to use the word interventionism to include it all because even though I use the terms fascism and dictatorials and dictators and all, uh, I, I like to get people thinking about uh, a simple term that describes everybody, and that is interventionism. Why is it that we have come to the point that, to accept the opposite of liberty where people make up their minds about everything they do as long as they don't hurt people? to the point where it's the role of government to be the interveners because we have these noble souls are sacrificing so much to go and become a volunteer congressman and uh, to tell the people how they have to live. And then you, have, and, uh, then you end up with Fauciism, you know, uh, on this noble cause because those are the kind of people that will take care of everybody. Same way in foreign policy. So if I think about interventionism and think that uh, government cannot and should not be allowed to do anything that you or I can't do. We, we can't go to our neighbor and steal, but why is it, a, uh, why is it almost like a sacred duty and uh, giant rewards if I have a good contact with my congressman and I send my congressman in next door and steals from him? 
And that's what, that's what all this taxation and inflation is about. It's an immoral activity. So if, if governments couldn't intervene in the personal habits and lives and finances of individuals, uh, the world would be different. And the, and the, and, uh, the, the word to remember around here is what would happen? Everything would be voluntary. And people say, oh, total anarchy. It's horrible. This, that would do it, destroy the world. Yeah, to have some moral rules that people voluntarily follow, like they quit stealing, killing, and, and, and uh, hurting people. And, and, and they say, that's anarchy. Oh, you mean <clears throat> you wouldn't have all these regulations where we can put sanctions on these bad people and punish people for, you know, out, uh, outbidding uh, products and selling? So we do this. We need to have control. The, tri the, the, per the main thing to remember is the rules of liberty are pretty darn strict because if somebody goes broke, because they did some things or they were inefficient or the customers didn't like their products or, or whatever, uh, they don't deserve and need, I say, well, they need it. Oh, I need to be bailed out. Uh, yeah, but how are you gonna bail them out? By stealing from the people who are successful. So they lose this whole concept of personal liberty that we own our own lives and that the world is better, not more chaotic, because of the rules of the marketplace based on more personal morality and a higher law, believe me, will be much, much more peaceful than the anarchy that we're moving toward today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.